Hello and welcome to um, another one of our regular podcasts. And uh, today I'm uh, puckishly going to call this Have Fun with the BCEA or the Magic of the BCEA, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. And I say the magic and have fun with it because most people regard it as a very dry, dull piece of legislation. And I suppose at one level it is. But if you had to answer the question, what piece of labor law do you deal with every single day and has the biggest influence in your life? The answer is not the Labor Relations Act or anything else. The answer is the BCEA, because it's all about paying people, dealing with leave, sickness, absence, annual leave. It's all about notice and uh, contracts of employment and all of those things. So this is the very, you know, meat and bread, as it were, of our daily existence. And you would be surprised at how many questions that that irk you and that you'd love to know the answers to um, arise out of the BCEA. So I'm going to talk about the the romance of the BCEA, which is rather like talking about the romance of quantity surveying or the excitement of um, actuarial science. No, I mean no harm to um, either actuaries or quantity surveyors. They all perform a, a, a great role socially. But here we are looking at the BCEA. And, you know, just, just remember one thing. Uh, and, and somebody gave me this advice uh, almost on my first day of employment in the UK. I'd just left university. And they said, just remember, someone's pay packet is sacred. Don't mess with it or you will have trouble in a labor relations sense. For them, it's their income. They depend on it uh, and, and treat it properly. So there you are. And it's very, very true. And the BCEA is all about time and payment and uh, all of these things. So I want to look at some of the areas of the BCEA that, um, quite honestly, hold a great deal of fascination. Now, at the beginning of almost every piece of legislation, sometimes, oddly enough, you find it at the end, but it's normally at the beginning, you find the definitions section. And those are vitally important because what they do is they define the specific meaning given to a word in that statute. So when you read and interpret and apply the BCEA, you need to know if the term you are dealing with is defined. Give an example, which is um, rather strange. Um, in terms of the BCEA, it can be my Tuesday and it's your Wednesday and it's exactly the same point in time. But I'm in Tuesday and you're in Wednesday. Well, um, this is because the term day has a specific definition. Now, if I asked you to define day or said, you know, when does the day end? When does the next day start? You would probably say 23.59, it's still midnight, it's still Tuesday, um, but as soon as you're one minute past midnight, it's Wednesday. Uh, in other words, it ends at midnight and transitions to the next day. And that's the normal everyday meaning given today. But, says the BCEA, if you are a shift worker, then your day does not begin or end, for that matter, at midnight. Your day is reckoned from the time at which you start work. So if you start work at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday evening, for the rest of the world at midnight, it becomes Wednesday. 
but at five minutes past midnight, for you, it is still Tuesday. So you need to look at the specific meanings of words. Not all of them, but there are some very, very important ones. Um, now, I'm not going to go into all the definitions, but what you need to know is the distinction between wage and remuneration. They are not the same thing. And when you pay people, there are times you pay them on their remuneration, which in a manner of speaking is their cost to company, their total package. So that's how you calculate severance pay. But there are times when you pay them at the level of wage, which is different. It is not the uh, total package. It's the amount of money put into the hands of the employee. We have a situation where, for example, and I've mentioned the uh, definition of day, um, there are other definitions, such as, for example, um, what ordinary hours of work mean. Very, very important, um, because you need to pay overtime the minute you get out of the ordinary hours of work. So what are they? And many people think that, uh, let's assume for a moment, that you work in an office and you work 37 and a half hours a week, uh, but the maximum, as you know, is 45. So let's assume that uh, this week you work 40 hours. In other words, two and a half hours more than you usually work. Now, do you pay two and a half hours overtime because they've exceeded their normal working? Or do you say, no, 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 there's no overtime because you haven't got past the 45 hours yet? Well, the answer is you pay it overtime because the ordinary hours are the hours that are stated in the contract or the hours which are normally worked. So that's another very important distinction in terms of those. Another very important one um, is uh, an addendum by way of regulation to the BCEA, and that is the regulations of the 23rd of May, 2003, and that uh, tells you how you calculate the amount of remuneration for various purposes. So it deals with uh, uh, the distinction between an allowance, uh, payments in kind. It suggests what a benefit might be. Um, it tells you, for example, um, if you're in the uh, leisure industry, the catering, the hotel trade, restaurant trade, can you let your employees work only for tips? Are tips part of their remuneration? Um, and of course, the important one with that one is the way you calculate leave pay. Um, and as you all probably know, um, but perhaps don't appreciate the real reason for, that where there is a fluctuation in earnings um, by way of overtime or commission or something like that, when someone goes on leave, you have to average their overtime or their commission over the last 13 weeks um, to make sure, and here's the reason why you do it, that people don't earn less when they are on holiday than they would have earned had they been at work. Um, and uh, most people think, but I've paid them for the overtime. Why pay them again? Why take it into account? Well, there's the reason, and I think if you think about it for a while, you'll see that it's actually a very fair and a very reasonable reason. Now, another area of, of tremendous importance is the whole section of the BCEA dealing with leave and absence. And that's an endless, endless bone of contention. It raises its ugly head in many, many ways. 
Um, you know, the, the first one I will just mention, by no means the only one, is the question of can you have a use it or lose it policy for leave? People turn around. I was dealing with a case, um, in fact, only yesterday where uh, an executive who'd been with the company for 20 years was uh, exiting, um, not totally voluntarily, let it be said, uh, and had 60 days of unused annual leave, uh, which came to nearly 500,000 rand calculated at his current earning level. Um, well, you know, are you compelled to pay that? Could you have a use-it-or-lose-it policy? Um, what does the BCEA say about it? And the answer is it says a lot more than you might think. Not simple at all. So I'm going to deal with that at our upcoming webinar, um, which I will uh, tell you about at the uh, end of this thing. There's the whole issue of when is leave taken. Can the employee say to the employer, I will take it as annual leave? Uh, and then, of course, there's the whole issue of uh, sick leave and medical certificates, um, which I could spend a complete day talking about without repeating myself or deviating from the topic on the card. And, um, you know, we, we all know the issue of uh, what do I do about traditional healers' certificates? What do I do about certificates that say medical condition? What do I do about the employee who brings a certificate from a different doctor uh, every time, what do I do when the certificate says the patient tells me? And, of course, what comprises a real, genuine and kosher, to use the term, medical certificate? That's all part of the charm and the mystery of the BCEA. Now, another very, very important area is the area of when you can make deductions from the employee's pay without their agreement. And importantly around that, and there are two areas where you can do it, um, and I will explain to you how um, during the, uh, the seminar, or you can go and read it for yourself. In section 34 of the BCA, it won't be as entertaining as my exposition, if I may modestly say so, but it does go a lot further than that. Because what do you do um, when somebody says, I resign with immediate effect and you're holding money? What do you do if you fire someone for theft and you want to recoup some of the money, but they are being paid out all their leave pay? Can you deduct that? Um, and there are things that you ought to have uh, in your contract of employment to deal with those issues. Um, and to deal with the issues of damage to your goods, to your property, your tools, your vehicles, whatever it may be. Uh, what do you do when you overpay someone? Um, those are all interesting things. Now, another area which is um, one that fascinates me, um, but one where, sadly, um, South African management are particularly ill-informed uh, and yet believe themselves to be you know, great experts. Well, they're not. And this is the area of incentives and bonuses, and particularly the knotty question of when a bonus is, in fact, discretionary or not. Uh, and, and I can tell you right now that 80% of your bonuses that you believe are discretionary are not discretionary. You have no discretion. You need to pay them. And in point of fact, we'll look at the... Uh, uh, ongoing question of the 13th check, which is a very bad idea, and you should really not have one. And if you have, you should uh, uh, consolidate it in your base rate as quickly as you can and get rid of it. 
But, you know, if somebody leaves you uh, before December or whatever your period is, uh, must you pay them uh, pro rata on the 13th check? Um, and um, let me tell you that the answer will surprise you. Um, you do. Never mind what your wording says, unless your wording is very clever. Um, but that's another area of the BCEA where at this stage employers still get away with a, uh, uh, a lot of uh, malpractice uh, or, or breach of the BCEA, but it's not going to last forever. Then, of course, there's the ongoing issue of hours of work. And with that one, uh, mistake number one um, is you should never put your hours of work in your contract of employment. Because if you do, um, you're contractually bound and you can't change it. Well, what do the cases say about changing hours of work? It's actually quite interesting. And you'll see, sadly, that you've probably limited yourself. But I'll talk to you about how you can get out of that one. So there really is a great deal of interest there, uh, very topical at the moment, having just come out of uh, uh, the Eskom strike and still being in um, the stage of uh, load shedding, which sadly uh, will continue, uh, I think, for you know, the foreseeable future. Um, but is this issue of what about short time? Can I put my people on short time? Is there a common law right to short time? Now, some of you don't have to answer this question because you may belong to a bargaining council which has short time in its agreement, in which case you're okay. But what do you do if you don't? So these are some of the uh, um, interesting nooks and crannies of this often dismissed piece of legislation, which in reality uh, is something that we deal with on a daily basis and poses um, all manner of interesting questions which are very relevant uh, and uh, what I intend to do is to look at all of these in an upcoming webinar um, which will be taking place uh, in the uh, I think it's the last Thursday in the month um, you can look up the date but you'll find it uh, um, on our website you can contact our, uh, our office to um, get details uh, and I do hope I see you there. But if you want to speak to uh, um, our office, please just send an email to Heidi, uh, H-E-I-D-I, Heidi, at andrewlevy.co.za. Or, in fact, send one to me, andrew at andrewlevy.co.za. And if you have any pressing problems or you're having difficulty getting through, give me a call on my cell any time, one. So hope to see you there. Um, you will find, hopefully, uh, all these contact details on our website, www.andrewlevy.co.za. Um, and on it, too, you will find uh, uh, quite a uh, large library of our podcasts, which we've been doing uh, with our friends at uh, Solid Gold Podcasts. And uh, let me say, if you ever want to be in the podcasting business have a word with gavin delightful person and as you can hear from this recording their quality is is second to none so there's a, a thought for you and thank you very much for listening and i hope to see you soon you've been listening to another production from solid gold podcasts